And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to New York Talk. This is our pre-season prediction episode where we're going to talk, go through how we think the season ahead is going to go before it gets real next Saturday. Uh, the Mithal Gow come to town. Uh, so, we've got a full house today for the first time ever. Five Rodham fans all together. We've got Ben with us. who's still got his lovely pink cast on. <laughs> yeah, don't even get me started on my episode. Got it on. Um, I, I know the story is great. Uh, we've got Danny. Danny, good with us again. Just join us, mate. Hello, pleasure to be here again. Uh, Lewis Alder, you, you are with us as well. You both got classic shirts, and I uh, appreciate the effort. We got the memo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we've got Mick. Uh, as regulars will know, he sometimes turns up in a car park in Wales, and today is one of those days. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm parked right in back corner at Co op Car Park at uh, Bentley in Anglesey. Waiting for cops to come and ask me what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, don't dodge it all. Oh. Uh, yeah. If I disappear, so. you'll know what's happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, here we go. We were going to talk about the Middlesbrough game that happened, um, go through some transfer news. Uh, even though it's not, no, we record Sunday night, so there are expected to be transfers confirmed Sunday, Monday morning, probably later Tuesday, but we can't, we can't talk about them yet, but we will. Talk about as much as we can. Uh, we've got a little chat from Paul Davis coming later on as well. I spoke to him earlier for 10 minutes, so which will be part of this episode. Uh, so let's get on with it. Uh, Danny, you, I think you were the only one that went to the Middlesbrough game. Uh, we're all out of the commitments. Um, it, was, it wasn't a disaster, but it did not go well for us for many reasons. Yeah, yeah that, that all important, but. Um... I'd say in the second half we were a lot better than the first half. I think um, the just the I don't, I don't know what it was. I think just Middlesbrough just sort of shocked us a little bit. You know, I, I think for some players it might have been the occasion of Matt Crooks coming back and they don't really want for him to show them up, mm. possibly. Um, and 
I would say the first half would have would have probably ended goalless if not for that spectacular free kick that Middlesbrough scored. Um, and, and I think if Johansson was still on the pitch, he would have saved it. But because we had young Josh Chapman in goal as, as backup, I mean, it might have just been a, a bit of a catching him out. You know, I didn't expect it to go that way or, or something. I don't know. But in the second half, we were a lot better. Uh, we showed a bit more of the championship bit of ability we've got in our squads. Um, but like you say, it wasn't a disaster. It just would have been nice to go through pre-season unbeaten and not a bit of a that thing at the back of your mind of, well, we've lost the final game. How will that affect us against Plymouth next week? You know, but it is what it is. Not a disaster, but you're entertaining. We'll say that. You're entertaining. Mm. Yeah. Um, Lewis, you did an article last week for us on Victor Hansen, which is still up on New York Talk.co.uk if you want to give it a look. Uh, he came off injured what, 15 minutes into the game. There's no confirmation yet how serious it is. I think we'll wait for a scan on Monday, um, I think, from what Warney said. He could be out for four or five weeks. He could be back in on Saturday. If he's out for four or five weeks, the transfer business is going to be ramped up again because we're going to need another keeper. At least what injury is it? Quad. Yeah, like I say, it could be out, couldn't it? I remember I said on the last podcast, I said like Touchwood don't get injured, so uh, you can you can blame me for him getting injured, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it could be anything, couldn't it? So hopefully it's it's only a couple of days job, and it can be back for Saturday. Like otherwise, like you said, we're gonna have to bring someone else in, especially with Vickers. I don't know how long Vickers is out for, but I know he's Some out. Some of the time, I think it was a month or so. Was it? All right. Um, yeah, so in that case, we'll have to bring someone else in, even if it's mm. just a short-term loan. Uh, but yeah, fingers touch, touch wood again, but it's not, not uh, <laughs> anything serious and he's coming back to Saturday. That's him out for the season, though. It's not even that. Oh, yeah. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just talk about him ever again. <laughs> uh, it's another quad injury, mate. We've got two current quad injuries, on both undetermined length of issues. Icky and Victor both got quad issues. Both might be for Saturday. Both could be out for a month. Shane Ferguson had a flare-up of his quad. Not an injury, but a flare-up due to our pre-season training. He wasn't sort of used to it. Um, this came... You know, this brought out some uh, issues from fans on Twitter. Um, it's one of those things, though, that there are right that there are questions to be asked. But at the same time, it's only a couple of players and it's pre-season is meant to be hard. And we seem unlucky with injuries at the minute is where I'm sort of at with it. I assume you're more in support of that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just farcical really, isn't it? You know, players get injured. It's a, it, it, that's a fact, a fact of life. Because two players have got a similar injury. Doesn't we don't we don't have to start sacking manager physio and, and, and all coaches. You know, relay training ground and, and completely change training regime. It, it, it happens, and I, I don't. I just it, it's. I don't know. I don't know. People just seem to want to jump on a bandwagon, whatever it is, and moan about something. Um, you know, if we've not got, if we're not moaning about injuries, we're moaning about transfers. If we're not moaning about transfers, we're moaning about pies. We're not. Just look, people get injured, don't they? It, it, it's a fact. Yeah. All right. Maybe it's a coincidence, maybe it's not a coincidence that they've both got similar injuries. Maybe it's something to do with, with some of the training sessions that have been put on. But 
maybe it's, maybe I'll, I'll go on Ben's side and say it's a lack of preparation by players. It's not necessarily anything to do with uh, the, the training methods that we put in place, but you know it's a bandwagon for people to jump on, isn't it? I, I don't know. It's just it, it's, it, I find it quite depressing. You know this this sort of constant constant digging at the club and at the, at the, at the staff and, and at the players and at the management and, and it's just bizarre. Listen, they're injured. Yeah, they'll get better. Yeah, I saw some people. Some people on Twitter suggesting we shouldn't be playing preseason friendlies with the squad this month because it might create more injuries. Stupidest thing! I genuinely think I ever heard. Stupidest thing I've ever heard. Let's just not play a season. Dude, I was going to be a bit more dip diplomatic about it, Ben, but yeah, basically. <laughs> I don't know who put that on Twitter. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Let's just cancel the season, play football manager, and see who wins that league. <laughs> <laughs> That's a stupid thing. <laughs> yeah, you, you've got to play preseason. You've got to got to play preseason friendlies. Even if you've got eleven fit players, you're still got to play preseason friendlies. You, these these players need game time. Uh, was what I was going to say, Ben. So thank you. <laughs> I thought you're I was diplomatic, Matt. I thought it was self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah, uh, you love conspiracy, Ben. Are you? What, what are your thoughts on the on these uh, injuries of the same areas? Is it, is it just one of those things? These things do happen. Versus to happen. It's, it's a muscle injury, so my guess is something to do with the training regime. Uh, but at least it's not his knee. You know what I'm saying? At least it's not two people out with ACL or whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I don't know. It's impossible to say because I'm not in that training ground five days a week. I'm not at the pre-season friendlies. Do you know what I mean? I'm not involved in the training regime. So it really is impossible and everyone... You know what I'm saying? Like to become a sports psychologist and football manager on Twitter uh, when they have no idea. But it's something to do in it. I get it. People get bored and think of Mourinho and Sir Alex sometimes, <laughs> which is fair. I mean, uh, what the club should do, right, is have a suggestions box and listen to everybody on Twitter. <laughs> and, then we, and then we might actually get, get promoted and listen to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> We'd win Champions League if we did that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can, I can just so picture far. the club putting a video out and it's Paul Warren just going through the suggestions box just going, that's stupid, that's stupid. And he finds one gem and we win the league by doing that one suggestion. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, pre-season's over. It's, I think it's been pretty productive pre-season. As productive pre-seasons can be, obviously injuries aren't ideal, but every club gets injuries. That's just part of it's part of pre-season, never mind. Part of life. Itself. Part of life. Um, uh, the season starts on Saturday, Danny. The transfer window is obviously still open up until the 31st of August. So in terms of timings, there's still plenty of time to get transfers in. But the injuries have caused... The injuries sort of feel like they've caused more of a panic with transfers than was an issue in the first place. I'm just looking at our squad list now. We've got about 12, 12 fit. If, if, if Victor and Icky are out... We've got about 12 fit first team players, which looks really, really bad. Mm. <laughs> One more than enough, though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, technically, we've got uh, four players over the limit in football because you can still turn out with eight players. So True. Yeah. yeah Every morning, that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, do, I, do, I can understand why fans are panicking a little bit to do with transfers, but. The way they've been going about it on Twitter, it's just a bit, 
ugh, every time we go, oh, UFC hashtag, it's just, oh, people moaning all the time. You know, oh, I'm get, oh, we're getting a bit nervous now. No one, we haven't signed anybody and this, that, and other. And it's like, lads, patience. You know, it, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Like I say, we've got until August 31st to sign players. And I'm sort of, look, I'm going to get my conspiracy theory hat on. I'm sort of looking at what Paul Warren's planning. And by the looks of it, before the season, we're getting in all the players that are either free or are commanding fees from their club. Start the season and then uh, improve where we need to with loans, potentially. Because hmm. like they've said on Twitter, um, potentially four in next week, all fees. And then, and then Warney said in the interview after the Middlesbrough game, there's still a chance of a, <clears throat> of a midfielder from a Premier League team on loan. But that's going to be way down the line because of, well, they want to have a look at him. Their season starts later than ours. Their main players are coming back from a host of different international competitions. So with that, it's just a waiting game. But we've probably got four coming in next week and that's the exciting bit. Four, four new signings in a week. That's enough to keep you glued to your phone throughout the week, isn't it? Notifications on for Rotherham to Twitter, you know, all the works for that one. Yeah, it's, I'm looking forward to it. Like Danny says, Lewis, a couple of signings, literally two two signings, and everybody's mood just lifts. Um, Adolphins looks to be confirmed. Um, fullback, left left side of fullback, we think, is something coming from Arsenal. Um, so we talk about ticking boxes, Lewis. They tick the boxes we need. They need a defensive midfield, left side of player. It's getting those players in the right area. If, if this patience that one has got, hopefully, will pay off. Yeah, like, the last thing I'd want him to do is think, oh, we've got a couple of injuries, let's go and get some. Um, obviously, Warren's all about wanting the right character. Um, yeah, like I said, the last thing I want him to do is just panic and think, oh, we need some players in immediately and just get the wrong ones in. Um, I'm sure these four players, fingers crossed, we're getting this week, I'm sure that he's been targeting for We're having some classic technical issues this week, so apologies. <laughs> Did anyone hear me then? Might be me, I'm sorry. No, yeah, we, we, Mickey's not helping, you know, of course. Uh, I apologise, I'm sorry. We, we, got, we got it, we got more I think, though, Lewis. I, think I, get, I we got what you're saying. <laughs> you got the gist of it, anyway. Yeah. Um, so mate. Mick. That's right. right. Um, you love what? having a go uh, you you are the most one of the most patient fans we've got. Um, I think if, you're, if we didn't sign anybody before the start of the season, I think you'd still be quite happy with the situation. Um, but from a signing's point of view, we're getting the right players in by, by the scenes, it seems right. We're getting the right players in. Uh, are you excited for what's hopefully will be four signs, potentially more signs this week? Four four signs of the game, hopefully more this week. Yeah, I am absolutely, absolutely. And I take it looking at your face uh, that you can't hear what I'm saying. No, we can. It was just a delay. It's fine. <laughs> we've got, uh, uh, okay. we've got uh, 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 from Arsenal. Yes. Yeah, apparently. Uh, it was at Rochdale last season uh, on loan for seven or eight. Not, not, not many games, seven or eight games, something like that. Yeah, the um, rumour is it's uh, Tolaji Bola. 
he was in their under 23 setup at the minute, but they're willing to release him if they get a little bit of money for it. Mm. Yeah, and then we've got the, the trialists who were in the other day as well. Um, Fossey uh, from Fulham and Matt Daly still from Huddersfield, so they're still signings that we could bring in as well. I don't know if they're part of the four or part of the other ones, but the good little signings uh, that we see to bring in, so I'm quite happy. I, I assuming everything goes through and Ipswich starts swooping and offering all the money everywhere, then everything's looking well. Um, but you have got three teams, particularly three big teams, Ipswich, Wigan and Wednesday, are all pumping massive money in. You look at, we talked about Lewis Rink the other day, these, these clubs are pumping money in which we cannot compete with financially. Why would you want to? Why would you want a player that demands more than 10 grand a week when he's playing in League One? You're playing in League One for a reason. You don't deserve more than 10 grand a week. If you deserve more than 10 grand a week, you'd be getting more than 10 grand a week at a good club, not Wednesday or Ipswich. You're just going to give you what you want because you've got an attitude problem. You've got to bear in mind it's a loan deal. So his is contract it? Is, it is a loan deal. It no, I'm not on about wing. I'm not on about wing specifically. I'm just on about these people in general. And then they come in with bad, bad attitudes and ruin the club. Which is why they're still down there. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not definitely not talking about Wigs. They seem like I am. But why are Ipswich still down there for a reason? Sunderland are still down there for a reason. Wigan nearly got relegated last season for a reason. So, Yeah, I don't know what you're saying, mate. Um, so, anything else? Before we move on to our predictions, is there anything else anyone wants to mention about transfers or just pre-season general? Any points anyone wants to mention or bring up? Um... The other two signings that are potentially coming in this week are going to be a right back and a midfielder. Okay. Yeah. So the um, <clears throat> the, uh, the the play uh, Adolphins are basically confirmed, isn't it? Mm, yeah. you know, we're getting the reports up from Scotland. All their newspapers are talking about it. Um, <clears throat> Paul Davis said in the advertiser, it's him. Uh, the the mysterious left back, which might be Boller. I'm not entirely sure it might be a bit of a surprise um then the right back and the midfielder now if the right back is commanding a fee your mind automatically goes to sean rooney from st johnston because if the right back was on loan then you'd think it was uh, marlon fossey hmm. uh, and then the midfielder commanding a fee no idea who that could be. <laughs> no idea. I've seen Jamie Allen thrown around as well, but he's been he... linked for a while. I've been for a while, him, hasn't he? Yeah, is he out of contract at Coventry now, or is he still there? I think he's still in contract. Yeah, mm, might be him then. Might be him. Not sure. Mm. Not sure. And then, like you say, the the trialists might get deals as well, but we'll see how they uh, they develop a bit more. Yes, hopefully it gets moving. Um, so, as I mentioned, it's not a show. I spoke to Paul Davis earlier today, so we're going to play this. I clicked this earlier, uh, and then on the other side of this, we'll come back and we'll do our pre-season predictions. It's a pleasure to be on, mate. I've uh, been hoping to do it for a while, so it's uh, nice to finally, finally be here. Absolutely. Um, so, start with the obvious. We're, what, we're now on recording on Sunday night, week before the season starts. All pre-season actions done. In general, how do you think pre-season's gone for Rotherham? Do you think it's gone smoothly? Bumps the road. How do you feel after pre-season's gone? Uh, I don't know. How I'd say smoothly. Uh, I think uh, lack of transfer activity early doors uh, meant it wasn't so smooth. I think in terms of 
physical build-up, that's been okay. Uh, until uh, Icky got injured last week, there'd been nothing too serious on that front. You know, Warnie had put his usual beasting on the players in Budapest and at Roundwood. So the progression there has been really good. Uh, it was an all right pre-season. I think there was a hangover from uh, the relegation in the Championship. I think the players came back in with the best will in the world. I think, you know, you, you try and get over things, but if something's hurt you really badly and the manner of the relegation coming like, you know, six minutes from uh, the end of the game at Cardiff when it looked like they might stay up, you know, that's a difficult thing to get over. I think being together and, you know, Warnie's influence, you know, some on the backs at Roundwood has helped, but I think it took a while uh, to get there for things to get going. And I think uh, last week and the two friendlies against high class, higher class opposition than what they had played was really important. I think how they responded to that challenge was going to uh, play a big part in how they went into the season. And they rose to it against Newcastle. They put on the uh, best display pre-season. I mean, they were spelling first half. This is a crazy thing to say. Newcastle couldn't get the ball off them, you know, like for 15 minutes or so. It was fantastic. And it was a good performance uh, right through the game. Dropped off a bit in the second half, as pre-season games always do, because there's a thousand substitutes from either side, which is a reporter's a nightmare to try and keep track of. <laughs> Tell me, what's the game head in your laptop? What's the game head in your laptop? And then uh, Middlesbrough, I mean, that were dodgy first 20 minutes. Middlesbrough looked really good, but it showed some character to weather that and come back in second half. It were fairly even Stevens. So, uh, uh, and I think that particularly the Newcastle game, that you suddenly saw the Rotherham of, uh, you know, when they try and hard in the Championship, when they're doing well in League One, so uh, I'm uh, more encouraged now than I was saying, you know, than I was a week ago. Yeah, particularly Newcastle in a midfield three: Abales, Lindsay, and Wiles. It, they would play pretty well in Championship, but in League One, that's a really, really strong three. If we choose to go three-five-two, that's a really, really strong midfield three we've got set up there before. before yeah, it, it would be. Yeah, it'd be even stronger if you had four to choose from. I still had Crooksy, you know. I'd like to, uh, yeah. to see him say, <laughs> "Well, that, that was never going to happen." Yeah, I mean, no one's going to pass, uh, pass better than Dan in League One. Mm. Uh, no one's going to outbattle Jamie Lindsay or run harder than he does, and I think it's a I think it's a big year for Wilesy. I mean, I, I mm. I'm a Wilesy fan. I know he cops for a bit of stick at times, but I think he does a lot of good things. Uh, you know, he does some poor things as well. I think sometimes I think he still still sometimes makes mistakes he were making two years ago, and he should have got those out of his game by now. But I think I think he's in terms of his all round game is is. The most talented player Rodham have got. If you ask any of the players who's, the, who's got the most ability at Rodham, the Rodham players will all say Wilesy. And when he's on, you know, and really going at opponents, I think he's, he's a real asset. I think this is his, this is his year where he, he stops being uh, a young lad with a lot of potential to an established first team who's been there for a couple of years and you now really starts to, to show what he can do. So, yeah, I think, I think we're quite strong in midfield. And don't forget, we've got another one coming in hopefully this week in uh, a keen uh, other thing, uh, more of a defensive-minded player, which you know, we, we perhaps need. And I know the club are looking for a more attacking option as well. Uh, uh, that's a fair way down the line. Uh, you know, you learn not to uh, talk about it too much until it happens. But, you know, I, I know who that player is. And if it does happen, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a follower of the club as well as some of the reports on them. And uh, uh, I'd, I'd be excited to, to see him, him come in. Yeah, on transfers, uh, as a fan, it's a very straight time. Uh, we talked about this a lot on the podcast. It's a, it's a very strange transfer. And forget about Rotherham United for a minute. This transfer one has been one of the strangest that's been in a long time. COVID's not helped. Euros has delayed everything. Um, we talked about this before we start recording. This has not been ideal for somebody like Paul Warner, who likes to get players in early, likes to get them in the boot camp, went to Hungary, likes work and shape and things like that. But it's not for one to try, and is it? The club have tried really hard. It's just a frustrating. No, yeah, just just because 
players aren't, aren't coming in doesn't mean there's not an awful lot going on behind the scenes. The, the Euros, I don't think that stopped Rotherham particularly making permanent signings. What it does do, though, is like you get a bit of quality from loan signings from the top flight, young young lads, you know, and some of the Premier League clubs, well, all the Premier League clubs, really, have not really got the players back from the Euros. And there's also the CONCACAF Cup being going on mm -hmm. as well. And they wait till they get their squad back and see where they are before they start letting the kids out, you know. So I think, uh, I mean, Rotherham got the eye, eye on one of those players, but I think it will be uh, a couple of weeks into the season before that may materialise. Uh, in terms of other recruitment, yeah, I mean, uh, one, he said that he thought that because of COVID and clubs tightening the belts and having smaller squads, there'd be more players available. And maybe there is, but there's not been as, as much movement. That surprised him. I can see where he's coming from because mm. I thought there'd been uh, more, more minor business done, if you, if you can uh, describe it that way. Uh, but... League One is, there's a lot of money in League One this year, you know, two or three clubs spending really, really big. And Rodham have got the basis of a, a really good League One squad anyway. So the players they're going for to improve them are kind of the best players in League One or those coming down from the Championship or those in League Two can really make the step up. You know, they've got to be good players to, to be better than what Rodham have already got. Now, of course, if they're good players, other clubs want those good players. And some of those other clubs, you know, you know the, the Wiggins of this world, the Ipswich Towns, they can well, one offer more in transfer fees to tempt the club and they can certainly offer way more than Rodham can in wages and you know play likes to earn money like you like 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 we all do uh you know and i'm, I'm glad Rodham is such a financially well-run club i'd rather I, I like the fact that i know Rodham will be there next year and financially solvent yeah. no matter what happens you know so I, I don't want to chase the dream and overspend but i, I can see the frustration where you know you're going for players and you know, you see things uh, in the press, or I'm, I'm, no, I might write, write those things, you know. Uh, and, you know, you hope to get that play, then, then they go somewhere else. You know, it's uh, uh, welcome to any transfer window, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The one so far I've confirmed signing, a senior signing, Shane Ferguson. When he came in, I was impressed with that. I thought it was a really good, solid championship player. Um, I think he's settled in so far and done so far in pre-season. Yeah, I interviewed after his, yeah, I interviewed after his Rochdale debut. No, 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 nice kid. No, no, that's really important in football terms. But maybe no, it is, I suppose, in terms of the uh, the well-being of the club. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he doesn't look like a footballer. You know, got little chubby <laughs> legs, and his kit doesn't seem to fit. And then uh, he gets the ball. You can immediately see the quality, quick feet, instant mm. control, looking to do the right thing. You know, he's got good grounding, like. Premier League in Newcastle, yeah. what championship seasons with Millwall went up in League One with Millwall. Yeah. They've got nearly 50 Northern Ireland caps uh, and still still playing for Northern Ireland. You know, uh, I mean, left sided player, and we've needed some strength on the left for a while. Uh, he can fill in at full back. I don't think Warney sees him as playing as full back. He'll play further, further forward. I don't know if he'll start every game because I think Robin were impressed with Mikel Miller. Mm. Uh, in pre-season so yeah, as things stand I could see Mikel starting on the left wing but you know the warning way is like tell, tells his wingers like give everything for an hour as soon as you mm. start blowing you know, we'll get you off so uh, you know and it'll be horses of course for different games as well so I can see him about I don't think he'll start 46 games but I, th I think he'll play, he's got a major part to play mm. yeah absolutely hopefully so um so how do we think we're going to go this season? I'm not going to ask for, you know, nail down a position where you could think we're going to finish, but where's Rodden's fight this year? Is it top two playoffs, mid table? Where, where do you see it early days on Nilbo? Yeah, yeah. Well, one, I hope there's a bit of patience because historically we don't we don't start badly, but we don't always start brilliantly, you know. So mm. I hope after now, we've, we've not won first four, four, four on the top. I hope there's, 
you know, not, not backlash against that. Uh, I mean, Warren has got history of taking Rotherham out of League One. He's done it twice. Uh, the time before that, Steve Evans took us up. So historically, I keep using that word, Rotherham go up from League One. Uh, but it can't happen all the time. You know, that cycle has to be broken at some stage. And I think you're looking at, I mean, I'm probably, I'm in my seventh or eighth year now covering Rotherham. So this is the strongest League One on paper that, that now I've, I've encountered. Uh, I think there's a basis of a really strong side there. It's needed numbers. As we're talking now, there's only one in, but it looks like there'll be a flurry of activity before the season starts. Now, they, those newcomings have got to have time to bed in mm. and you don't, you don't know how successful they're going to be. You know, you, you sign players with the best intentions, but they don't all work out. You know, the recruitment is very, very careful. I think some of them will, but no, but you don't know. Mm. Uh, so I just hope there's a degree of realism. I find, I find at the start of the season, it's a great time to start the season that you're always going to finish top. You know, <laughs> you know uh, I, I think where we are at the moment, that if you took, you know, 10th place would be fairly solid and the playoff position would be a really, really good season. As a, as a fan, I'm going to lean towards the playoffs because, you know, like I say, hope at the start of the season. <laughs> Fantastic. We really appreciate this, Paul. Thank you very no, much. It's, it's a pleasure, mate. I, I hope uh, you come back to me in the season, mate. I'm laughing at me because we were top two and I never predicted it. Uh... So, there we go. And thank you, Paul Davis, for doing that. We really, really appreciate him doing that. Um, so, we're now going to crack on with our pre-season predictions so we can come back in May and laugh at how badly we got them all. Um... Didn't you get quite close last year? Yeah, look, I was closest, I think, last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I predicted sixth bomb. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me and, yeah, I think me and Matt just missed early, didn't we? Yeah, I must have done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mick was mixed at the bar at a playoff place in the championship because uh, the level of predictions we're kind of looking for, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, then. Uh, so, we're going to go through, we've got five categories, we're going to go through our finished positions, top scorer, most assists, who we think is going to be player of the season, and who we think is going to be the breakout player. And these are all very difficult, because we've got, we've got quite a small selection to choose from at the minute, and could have seven or eight more players to pick from, but that's how pre-season prediction works. Um, so, Lewis, I'm going to start with you, mate, for the first one, finished position, where do you think we're going to finish the season and why? I've gone for fifth in playoffs. Um, I think this league this year is, is far stronger than what it was when we were in, in it last year. Um, a lot of money has been thrown about. When you look at at the moment, I look at Lincoln and Ipswich being the the best contenders to go up, I think, on paper anyway, when you look at the squad and managers they've got. But you've got to look, there's, there's easy like 10, 12 teams that could, you could uh, make an argument to go up. But when you look at our squad, we've only lost Crooks from last year. Then we performed pretty well in in championship. We were just come on stuck with numerous injuries and COVID, obviously. And I think we'll fare pretty well. To be fair, I think we just need to add a few bodies in, which we'll do this week. And I think we'll be pretty well set. Fair enough, uh, Ben. Um, I would like going to you because you you're going to tell me we're going to finish fourth, then you're going to say first, then you're going to say seventh. That's it. <laughs> Because no, because it's so impossible. Because we could go first game at season and the replacement, or we don't bring a replacement keeper in. Johansson, some miraculously. Oh no, nah, I still bring a replacement keeper in, right? 
tears his PCL, MCL, ACL, whatever the case may be. Smithy gets injured. Icky gets injured again. Woody gets injured. There's so many variables in sport. It's impossible. Like, it's just, you know what I mean? So I'm going to go fourth. Uh, basically, it's a thing out of a hat, to be honest. Like, well, yeah. It's, it, it, there's no, we can't put, you can't put any logical evidence because there's so many variables. But, well. Okay, we just sort of spanner in the words what we're trying to do, ventures, all right? Well, I'm trying, I'm trying, it's really hard because it's, it's yeah, whatever. Four. Um, I'm gonna go next, I'm gonna say eight. I've just not, as we sit now, this is what it's gonna be. Uh, I've got my negative head on at the minute, I don't know why. I've just got my negative head on. I said, it's a tough league, we've all, we've all said it, it's the toughest league one in a long time. Uh, I think everybody else had a better transfer window so far. So I think, yeah, it's going to be. It doesn't a mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Of course it does. It doesn't mean anything. If it's still crap, Wednesday still crap. Sunderland is still crap. We're not. We weren't crap last year. We got done over by COVID, done over by the EFL, done over by some unfortunate decisions. <laughs> We did. <laughs> like, look. We just did. We can that, didn't we? <laughs> I don't think transfer window has anything to do with it because, yeah, you can see, you say, yeah, they have a good transfer window. But let's say Ipswich go and all their players get injured or all their players play crap or all their players turn out to bad apples and send their club spiraling down. You, you can't say that. There's no criteria for a good transfer market because no one knows what a good player is because everyone's got a different opinion. Because everyone goes on Twitter with a football manager head on and then evaluates everyone. Yeah, well, I, th- I think it's fair to say, let's use him as an example. Lewis Wing's a fantastic signing for League One. That makes Wednesday yeah, it a good signing. That, there's, there's other, there's other I, I'm just using that as an example because we know, we know that player. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying, I know we all know a few Ipswich players that they've signed a lot of, on paper some really good signs. That's why I'm saying they've had a good transfer window. It may not turn out that way, but it looks like a good transfer window. It looks like a good transfer window. Is that what I'm proposing to you then? Wings start playing really well. Wait, let me propose this. Wings start playing really well. Barry Bannon gets face on, and that club has a massive argument. That's not a good signing. Yeah, I know. You might have a point there, Ben, actually, because Barry Bannon's like Mr. Sheffield Wednesday, isn't he? Yeah. So if he takes up, if Wing takes up his position because he's been performing really well, and like you say, he gets face on, it might cause a bit of conflict because Barry Bannon might go, oh, well, I want a transfer in January then if I'm not starting. Because Barry Bannon's probably on the most money, if not a really high wage at Wednesday. And if Lewis Wing comes in and upsets the apple cart, then, you know, it, you never know. I mean, I had a, I had a chat with my chef Wednesday, mate, um, about how they performed against Huddersfield today in the Cup. And he said, Lewis Wing played really well, but Barry Bannon played better. I mean, even though they drew 0-0 and lost on penalties, Barry Bannon played better. So that's a headache for for Darren Moore. But, I mean, you might have a point about if he gets face on. And like we say, we don't really know what is a good transfer window until in March or April time when you start really seeing where everyone will finish. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a difficult year. 
that's and I saw I saw mixed reaction to the uh, the decisions <laughs> the decisions I, idea. I, Do you want I, to I jump in on that? In. One, I was I was struggling for thing. I didn't really mean it. <laughs> I was just struggling for points in my argument. I just oh, threw it in. Fair enough. Talking nonsense, Ben. Uh, Danny, sticking with you, mate. Where's your Where's your prediction? Will finish. Right before I say mine, I promise I haven't just written it down for when Paul Davis said it. I promise I wrote it down <laughs> yesterday. I have it on my bit of paper. I wrote it down yesterday. Um, I said top ten hopeful with what we've got at the minute, but upwards of sixth if we make the right additions. I said. Okay. So, so if, if we make some good signings, six upwards. But as we are at the minute, I reckon top ten easily. I thought you'd have a sixth then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael. Plus, six mi- plus. Six plus. That's, that's, that's yeah. Fine, yeah. Six plus. <laughs> um, Mick, you're a Mr. Optimist. So I assume you think we're going to win the league. Yeah. 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 Uh, my internet connection <laughs> is not very good. Podcast is. Sorry, Um. My my internet connection is obviously really really poor, um, so I'm I'm only catching bits and pieces of this. And um, I, I heard Ben say something about unfortunate decisions, and um, I, I, he used the word unfortunate. And it just it just made me laugh, and uh, I, I had to I had to mute my mic because I was I was I was laughing so much at the use of the word unfortunate. Um, I, I, I just have a look at what that means, Ben. Because uh, it doesn't mean what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> well, Listen, mate, we, 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 we can make predictions all day long. We, no, you didn't know. I know what you meant, but it, we, none of them were unfortunate. They were all crap. They were all garbage decisions, weren't they? But anyway, Wait, yeah, I'm but let's, let's go. Let's get off. Yeah. Let's not talk about Gavin Ward. There's no point. It's just not worth it. There's one for the episode, uh, guys. Mate, mate, listen, my, my prediction. My prediction is, is champions. We're good enough. Listen, we are good enough. People might have been out spending money, like 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 it's like it's going out of fashion. Um, but like you know they've still got to, they've still got to get a team <laughs> together. What? <laughs> get man with their arms. What? Yeah. what? They've still got to, they've still, still got to gel as a team and they've got to perform well. <laughs> Google it. If you, lost, if you didn't listen to the last episode, that's, that's, that was the analogy Mick used last time. That's, that's well <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and Michael Lewis, I still don't get it either. So. I've, asked, I've asked several people about it, Nick, and they don't get it either. Um, so. <laughs> I reckon we need to start a podcast bingo. And you just keep, and if someone crosses them off, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got a line of duty bingo. Let's do a rubbing out a podcast bingo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so mixed confidence. I did see. A, I can't with the podcast. It's one of the non. One of the football league podcasts. They put us down as, as winning the league as well. Uh, so you're not on your own there, Mick. Um, I, I, I would love it to happen. Let's see. Um, this one I think will be easy. I, I, when, if we don't go all, all go for the same one, it'll be similar. Uh, top scorer, uh, Mick. You finish that one. So we'll start with you. Who is going to be finished our top scorer? Smithy is the obvious choice in it, um, and, and I can't really see past him to be honest with you. Um, oh, if if Freddie manages to 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 perform to the level he performed in that first half against Newcastle, then he might give Smithy a run um, because he he was he was 
he was well on it, very aggressive, and mm. and and you know he, he he really performed well. So I'm going to go for Smithy. I think I don't think I can see past him as top scorer this season. Good shout, well, I thought I thought you'd gone Freddie. Um, Lewis, where are you going? Oh, I'm going for Freddie. Uh, if you look at uh, two seasons ago, he got I think he got 14 from 30 in the curtailed season. Um, so going off that, if he if he stays fit, we're looking 20 plus goals a season. He's a proven proven league one goal scorer. Um, is our is our best goal scorer at club quite comfortably, I think. Um, so yeah, I think it's I think it'll be Freddie. Hmm. Yeah, and the season before that in League One as well with Plymouth got twenty plus, which I think yeah. twenty or just over twenty. So uh, it's great at this level. Um, Danny, um, I've gone for the reverse of Mick. I'd say um, Ladipo it will definitely be up there, like Louis says, he's a proven League One goal scorer. But Smithy will give him a run for his money because of the way Smith's performed in pre-season, especially against Newcastle, you can tell that those two play better together as the front two because you've got the Freddie as, as the quick one with good feet Smith is the, the big lumpy two bloke who gets his head on it um, so I think those two will be quite dangerous in League One but I reckon Freddie might just edge it by the end of the season I think yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a classic big man little man uh, to front two um, Smithy is better than a classic front man and, and Smith Freddie is better than a classic little man but I think they can fill those roles as well. Um, I'm going to go in there and say Freddie. Uh, like, like, like you both said, he was a proven goal scorer at this level. And for the championship scored, you know, but it means he played, it's, it's got a reasonable amount of goals. Um, ben, uh, I'm interested to see where you go with this one. I'm going to go Freddie. That doesn't mean I'm going to, I think he's going to play well. I think he's going to score the most goals, but I don't think he's going to play the best. I don't think he'll be the best striker at the club. I think he'll be getting those goals. But I don't think he'll be the best striker. I just want to make that clear. You're one of these people. Do you know when you see people on Twitter going, when Smithy was not scoring goals? Go compare people, him to people, Twitter, people, people, people go on Twitter, <laughs> yeah, but he's a striker. That's his job. So what you're saying is, when a striker doesn't have, doesn't have to score goals to do his job, is the point you're making, I assume. Well, it depends what type of offence you're in. Uh, you know what I mean. Depends what type of offence you're in. Uh, yeah, if listen, if you can score twenty goals and still be a crap striker, it could just bog line. You know what I mean? It could just score twenty tappings. It don't mean I'm gonna think he's gonna play well. When I say play well, <laughs> to me, when I say play well is the way I see the game. I don't see the game of basketball where you've got big man, little man. That just I don't see the game. It's not basketball. I don't see the game that way. I, you know what I mean? Long ball, big man, little man, little man scores. That's not the way football is played. Should be played. So I don't like people who just score goals and do nothing else. And you can say, oh, you liked Alfie. Alfie didn't just score goals. Alfie was 10 times better than Freddie. Freddie, me, Freddie doesn't look like a footballer. It, it baffles me out. He doesn't look like he's got good control of the ball. Like, I don't want to rip into him because I think you he played well last year. But, like, <laughs> I don't feel like he's a footballer for some reason. But, yeah. He's unorthodox. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the word. That's the word. That's the word. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I get, I get where Ben's coming from because sometimes with Freddie, he just doesn't look bothered at all. Mm. But then you'll have games like against Newcastle where he's everywhere up front. Yeah. He's a, he's in that final third just everywhere. Um, 
But but yeah, yeah, I can see where Ben's coming from with that one. Thank you. At least someone does. I've been. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, your response was a little bit unorthodox, but I understood it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does that. Yeah. Um, this one's gonna be more more interesting. Most assists. Um, it's a difficult. We've got lots of players to pick from. Uh, in midfield three, the wide men. Um, Mick, where are you going for this for top assists? Because it could be anybody, literally anybody. It's a, it's a tough one, isn't it? That uh, it's a tough one. I, 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 I'm probably going to go Dan Barraiser. I think um, it looks like uh, we know what he's capable of, um, and, and he's not really he's not really shown it the last couple of seasons. But we, we know that he can do it. Oh, sorry, the last season, last season. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to go with him. Although um, I'm liking the look of Mikel Miller as well at the moment, uh, and Chio. So it's one of the you know per many one from. No, taking one of those three, but I'm I'm going to go with Bar Laser. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, Danny, uh, where you go? So I'm mixed mentioned all the players. It could literally anyone. Or Freddie or Smith could yeah. get him with, with a trick as well. Yeah, um, I mean, the main main two I thought about really was Ogbeni and Ferguson, mm-hmm. um, because Ogbeni is getting a really good relationship down the right hand sides with distribution out from Wes Harding. Um, so that could play the classic tactic of Harding or Benny runs down the wing into the box goal. That 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 could happen quite a lot in League One because mm. Gio's pace will cut, catch out a lot of people. But then you've got Ferguson and his set piece delivery is, but he, he's getting up towards Barlazer and we know what Barlazer's set pieces were like in League One a couple of seasons ago. They were up there as one of the best, but. With Ferguson, he's got that as well, and it might slightly edge it on corners. Um, so it's between Og Benny and Ferguson. So I'm I'm going to say Og Benny because of how you can see that classic break down the right hand side with Og Benny, and if he gets that good ball into the mixer, it will more or less be a goal like 80, 90 percent of the time. So I'll go I'll go Og Benny. Fair enough, uh, Lewis. I was torn between Barlazer and Ogbeni, but I've just about gone for Ogbeni. I think he'll, after last season, we have been frustrated being out for so long. I think he'll come in jumping a bit to perform this season. I think he got three assists in mm-hmm. League One last time. I think he'll be, I think he'll be looking more with, more towards ten this time with, with uh, hopefully Freddie, Freddie, uh, Freddie and uh, Matt uh, Smithy firing all cylinders in box. Um, keep keeping it fits key in it. The two seasons he's been with us, they've both been disrupted with injuries. Last season, obviously, massive, but the first yeah. season he came in, got injured for a few months, and we missed a lot of his times. So it's key for him get keeping him in fit, basically. Yeah, yeah, if he can keep fit, it will be a massive play for us, no doubt about it. With, with what we've seen him in League One and in, in parts in Championship last season, mm. just keep him fit, absolutely, Ben. Uh, probably Mikel Miller. I don't see. It sounds bad. I don't see Ogbeni lasting a full year with his knee history. Fact. Uh, he's got weak knees. Like I don't mean to be harsh. It's not harsh. He's got weak knees. Now I'm not it's saying like Ogbeni. Like, no, you know obviously how it's coming. He's got naturally weak knees. <laughs> Playing the MCL, I don't know what he did. I mean, he's he's one. He's had one. He had one knee injury. No, because he did his. Didn't he do his knee, came back, and then did it again? He did it in the first season, didn't he? 
anyway, hamstring. Oh, Jesus Christ. But anyway, um, <laughs> he's tore his MCL. He's tore his MCL. Uh, well, something to his MCL. I don't think I don't see him keeping fit. Uh, I just don't. I hate to say that, um, but it, it's sport, isn't it? Anything can happen. Granted, it's basically a non-contact sport now, but that's a non-contact. That's another conversation. But I'll go make that's another one off on the bingo card. <laughs> It's, it's two as well to start fidgeting as I started saying it, so that, that's definitely another one as well. Nah, it really gets in my skin, man. It just really gets in my skin because it really gets in my skin. Okay. Fine. Um, yeah, it does, I, think that's... Nah, okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to uh, I fancy Wilesy to have a big season this year. Uh, if he plays, the key to that is playing, is playing is in that central role. We keep firing out to a different position. I think that's going to have a big, big impact. But I think this year we'll we'll see Wilesy in his favourite position a lot more, hopefully. And if we do, we know how good he could be. He's fantastic on ball. Um, so he's my pick for most assists. Um, now we're going to move on to who we think will end up being the player of the season. And again, this is just shot in the dark. Uh, Lewis, start with you, mate. Uh, who do you, right now, who's who you think will uh, be the standout player? I've gone for Barlaza. Um I know last season they were for his standards compared to his first season in League One. It weren't it weren't consistent enough for me. He had a couple of games, they were outstanding a couple of games, but he just didn't do it on a regular basis with maybe it might have been the year too soon for him. But if you look at his season he had for us in League One and for I think it were acting Atkinson the year before, they were outstanding in both seasons. And he's just a quality, an absolute quality operator in League One. I just I can see him having a massive impact for us this year in a creative mm. sense and just driving us forward with, with his assists and uh, his, his passing. I think he'll have a top season. Yeah, that's a fair shout. Uh, ben, I'll come back to you quickly on this one. Go on. Who do you think? Again, again, I know it's difficult, but who do you think is going to be this season? Smith. Okay. That's it. The Smith at. I mean, the improvements he's made over the past few years to keep himself healthy. I don't think he's had a major injury, or even a minor injury, um, to be honest, I can remember. To keep yourself fit for that long and improve that much is a real achievement. I don't think people acknowledge how much of an achievement that is to stay fit that long and improve that much. Yeah, I think so. He has improved massively since he first came in. <coughs> Um, well, sat on bench at bottom of League League One. Mm. I mean, <laughs> like you can't really get any worse apart from playing in League Two, and no one wants that. So, <laughs> fair enough. No offense, no offense. They don't exist anymore, mate. Don't worry. They don't exist. I mean, whatever the new league is. Mick, who's who do you think is going to be player of the season? I'm, I'm going to go for popular vote. I'm going to try and win a few fans back. I'm going to go for Victor. Um, I, 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 wish, I mean, everybody loves him. Uh, what? I missed that first three, four games. So it's four, six game season. Well, I'm bothered. Yeah. Hey, listen, listen. He's an absolute star. He's he's he's, he's a Victor. End of. <laughs> 
Uh, you're still mine, because I want to do Victor as well. Um, assuming he gets fit, which I'm sure he will. Uh, Danny? Before I say mine, can I just say Mick sounded exactly like Catherine Tate when he said, I'm a bothered. <laughs> it sounded just like... <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I'm going to go for, um, for Victor with mine as well. I think he'll be one of the best keepers in League One this season. I mean, even if even if he does miss the first three or four games, he'll just come straight back in and do a job. Um, but I think the reason why they're staying a bit quiet on his injury is because it's his first major injury in football. Um, and he could have just tweaked his quad like um, like Ferguson has because he hasn't done a full Rotherham pre-season, as far as I'm aware, because he didn't do the full, uh, what's it called, when they do it in the, in the SAS, um, the sickener, this full sickener pre-season with us. Hmm. Um, so that might be down to it, but if it's more serious, um, we'll have to, like you said earlier in the podcast, bring somebody in to cover, but I think it's going to be Victor. I think purely because he'll be, he's just, just got that keeper ability that he'll outclass a lot of keepers in League One, and also he's a fan favourite in this, so we're going to vote for him regardless at the end of the season. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and the final category we're going to go is breakout player. Um, now, this can be a player who we've had in the past and has not been, not been amazing on steps up a level. This can be a kid who comes through and burst onto the scene. Um, this could be basically anything, anything you want it to be. Uh, Mick, who do you think is going to be the breakout player for Rugby United this year? I, I'd like it to be. I'd like it to be Josh Coyote. I would love it to be JJ because I just think you know he's a local lad. Uh, he's come up through ranks, and he, and he definitely he definitely looks from the little I've seen of him as 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 he's got a lot of potential. Um, but I, I'm not entirely sure whether he's going to get a, a very good running team. It depends on how Freddie plays. Uh, so I'm going to go for Mikel Miller. Um, I just feel that Mikel Miller is a really, really good player. He didn't get a chance last season um, for, for whatever reason, changing formation and everything else. Uh, so, yeah, for me, Mikel Miller, I think he's going to be the surprise package of this season for us. Fair enough. Uh, Lewis, who uh, who's going to be the breakout star? I think well, Mick said it there. I'm going for uh, Josh Coyote. I think he'll he'll start the season after the choice, depending on obviously depending through the season how Smith and Freddie do. We'll be, we'll be right there getting in because his his loan spells at Gateshead and Carlisle are clearly a bit making of him. He's grown, he's matured a lot physically, as you can you can see. He's, he's a strong lad, good in air, fast. He's going to score a goal as well. So I think he's going to be a great player for us, and I hope he gets a chance to have a good few games this year. And I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we're impressed. Yeah, shout, Danny. Um, I've got Coyote written down because I think if he's going to make it, it'll be this season. Because, yeah. like I said, he's been on loan a few times. He impressed at Carlisle last season. Um, so I think if he's going to break out into the Rotherham squad, which he says he wants to do, because Rotherham's his team. Uh, it'll be this season. I think he'll be a good backup striker to probably Freddie more than Smith. Mm. Um, but if it, it's not make or break this season, but I think if he will just suddenly announce himself into football, it will be this season. So I'm going to go KO day. Fair enough. Uh, Danny? Uh, I'm going to go for Mikel Miller. 
I like it. I'm going to still mix and go Mikel Miller. Um, everything I've seen from him is that he's a good player. Um, we just need to see it. And if he's got good, decent players around him, Barley, who can pick more out to him, for example, uh, that's going to put him in a good position. I think that suits him, the way we, we set up in the midfield. Uh, ben, who do you think is going to break out star? I'm going to say Woody because everybody keeps sleeping on him year after year after year. He's the most... I want to change my uh, best player to Woody as well. I don't uh, think Woody... I, don't, I, I mean, you, you can sleep Woody as a breakout player, but you can't, you can't really. Because, you can't because everybody underestimates how important he is to the team. And he's the, so, he's the sole heartbeat of the team year in, year out. I don't think... People underestimate how important that leader role of a team is. People, oh, Matt's gone. People really do. I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, so I think Woody, I'm, I can call Woody a breakout player because I love him that much. So I, I don't see why I can't, personally. Is it, is it possible to have a 36 year old breakout player? Well, it I is mean, because everybody you know sleeps I mean? on him. Everybody, everybody, right? Sleeps on him year after year. Yeah, Woody's playing, wherever he's playing his 57th season in football. But he keeps us he, he keeps us afloat. Like we wouldn't have been anywhere near the situation we got last year. We'd have been down by March, February, if we didn't have Woody. The the, the experience he brings to the team and anyone who's been in a one success at any sport level will tell you that that leader is needed. And Woody is that yes. player. So I, I'm counting it. Because people underestimate it. So I'm kind of a breakout player. Because nobody thinks he's gonna but, be that. For the reasons you've given, he can't break out because you oh, know, we, we all we all already agree with you. Well, well like breakout player then. Uh, what would we define as a breakout? Someone who, someone who just him suddenly improves and has a really stellar season. That's what I'd gone. Yeah. That's what I say. Yes, it could be. It could be Wilesy moving on to the next level. It could be Cody coming like these have gone for. It could be Miller becoming a you know a Rodham player. I suppose you could put your hands. It's hard to watch any preseason games. Wiles. Fair enough. I think it's I think it's an important season for Wilds. Um if if he has a really good season, I think he'll go into a fantastic career. If he gets lost in the rest of the team, then he may end up becoming one of those players who will just get lost within the team. I think it's a really, really important season for Ben Wilds. Um so it's interesting to see. So that's our pre-season predictions. Uh, they are saved. So like I said, when it comes to May time, end of May. End of May when we've won the league, we can all have a laugh. <laughs> Um, I think if um, if we win the league, like Mick says we're going to do, we all have to buy him a pound. That's fair enough. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree to that. I agree to that. <laughs> you can buy him a pint of coke, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so there we go. So that's our pre-season action completed. We will be back on Friday morning for, a, for our first pre-season episode of the season. As we get Plymouth Argyle, we are planning on doing a live show on Thursday night. If we can get a Plymouth fan to come with us, come on with us, so we can <laughs> learn about Plymouth to talk about their pre-season, what to expect from them. That will be really good. We need to try and find a Plymouth fan first, so we'll, we'll get on that and let you know through the socials if that goes through. Uh, in the meantime, go to newyorktalk.co.uk. You'll find plenty of stuff on there. Uh, to look back at some match reviews for pre-season or some articles Lewis has done about Victor Hansen and other stuff. From last season, if you find a goal over last season, you can look at some of the stuff that were up there from there. Um, so I hope you subscribe 
so YouTube, iTunes, wherever you are as well. Um, that'd be lovely. So you get the episodes out as and when they're ready. Um, Lewis, thank you very much, mate, for joining us tonight. It's been a pleasure as always, mate. No worries, no worries at all. Um, See what Danny, we predictions you. do. <laughs> but I'm sure we'll all be terrible. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm fully prepared for it. <laughs> uh, Danny, thank you very much, mate. No worries, always a pleasure. Benjamin, it's uh, I always like having you up, sure, mate. So it's never boring. Thank you. Put it that way. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, and Mick, will you be joining us from a car park on of a Friday's episode, or will you find somewhere with the most stable Wi-Fi on it? Uh, yeah, I, I just need to be a bit careful. I'm just looking into the corner of this car park. There's a car parked up with people stood around it looking inside it. I don't know what they're doing. Um, so I, I'll probably find a different car park. <laughs> Yeah, that might be a good idea. <laughs> I fully expect someone just to walk past Mick's car and looking in through his back window. <laughs> I would expect the policeman to walk past the back window during this podcast. I think. Just knocks up window his trunk and excuse me, mate, what are you doing yeah. in that car? <laughs> Wait, one drove past last guy, didn't he? Yeah, I think that's what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> okay what a way to end so thank you very much everybody uh, and we'll see you all for the next episode thank you very much Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.